our God, he is alive. Isn't that uh, so encouraging to uh, sing and to think about as we go throughout our daily lives? I appreciate the, the songs led tonight, very encouraging. Uh, also appreciate the prayer, the scripture reading. I uh, appreciate the opportunity to be back here with you all once again. Uh, again, I want to say like I did this morning, it's always a privilege to be able to stand before any congregation and to uh, present God's Word. It's always a blessing, an honor, and a, a wonderful privilege. And uh, I appreciate all the words of encouragement and all of the uh, great things that have uh, been said uh, to me today. I appreciate it and very much. And you have no idea how much it means and all the encouragement that, uh, that uh, I've heard. It means so very much. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, it says to be sober, to be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Friends, tonight you and I need to understand that, that we have an enemy. And our enemy is the devil, our enemy is Satan, and his intent is on convincing us that God does not mean what he says. He, his intent is on convincing us that uh, his word is not true and that what he has given us to follow is, is not truth. But as we just read a few moments ago, John chapter 8 and verse 44, the Bible says, You are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. And he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth. Why? Because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. And so he said that there's no truth in him. That he's the father of all lies. We know when going back to the Garden of Eden in Genesis that he deceived Eve. And we know that he is still working as hard as he can today to deceive people today as well. You see, Satan doesn't want us to go to heaven. Satan wants us to to be in eternity with Him in hell forever and ever and ever, and He is going to do anything that He can to try to get us off of the way that's leading to eternal life and get us to the way that is leading to eternal punishment, to eternal torment. Deceit is, is only one of the tools that the Satan, that the devil uses against us today. And we see that lying is one of those things that God hates that we see recorded in Proverbs chapter 6. And so you and I tonight, we need to understand and, and to guard ourselves to the best of our abilities, to prepare ourselves to the best of our abilities to never fall into the lies of Satan. We need to do the very best that we can to never be deceived when he comes knocking and tries to make this world and the things of this world look so attractive to us. Because we need to remember something. He's after our soul. 
And again, He's going to do anything that He can to get us off of that narrow way and onto that broad way that we read about in Matthew chapter 7. That broad way that uh, is not leading to heaven. That there are so many people going down. That way that's leading to eternal punishment. And so, one of the tools that Satan uses against us all today is indeed lying. And for the rest of our lesson this evening, I want us to look at uh, about six lies that the devil uses, uh, that he has used in the past, and lies that he continues to, to use against us today. And so number one, lie number one that Satan tells us all that he wants us all to believe is that God's Word is not true. He wants us to believe that the Bible, it's not true. He, he used uh, this very lie uh, with Adam and Eve in the book of Genesis. And so if you want to go back there, that's where we can begin this evening in Genesis chapter 3. He used this lie with both of them and he is still trying to get people to believe it today. Genesis 3 verse 1, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And so we know that Eve, she was tricked by the serpent. He told Eve that what God said, it wasn't the truth. And today, many people believe that very same thing. Today, there are so many people that, that do not believe that God's Word is true, and so they're not concerned about following it. We can see this in the way that people talk. We see this in the way of, of how liberal people live their lives, how they dress in the places that they go. Friends, this is something that we need to think about. As long as people see the Bible... As long as people see the Bible as a book of stories with some good points, but if people see the Bible as a book that is not truth, then Satan is happy. Then, then Satan is pleased. If Satan can convince people that God's Word is not the final authority, then he is, then he is pleased, he is happy. If Satan can make people think that we're not going to be judged by the Word of God in the last day, then He's content. But you know, we know what Jesus said, and we know that it's very plain what Jesus said when we go to John chapter 8. When we go to John chapter 8 and look at verses 31 and, and 32, we see the very truth of Jesus. Uh, he says, Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on Him, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. He says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So friends, if we abide 
in his word, if we abide in the word of God, you and I will know the truth and we can know that this very truth that we're holding tonight, God's word, it will make us free. But we must follow it and we must obey it and we must believe everything that's written within it. See, Satan doesn't want us to believe uh, the truth. He is working over time to convince people that, that God's word is not the absolute truth, that God's word is not the final authority. And we need to remember that and, and never give in to that lie. So number one, Satan wants us all to believe that, that God's word's not true. But secondly, another lie that he tells us is this, that, that God will let me get by. Satan wants us all to believe that, that God will just let me get by. Many people will say, well, well, I'll be the exception to the rule. You see, if I just live a, a good life, if I just live a moral life, and, and if I don't do anything that is considered a, a totally bad or totally wrong, I think I'll be okay. I don't have to, to obey everything that, that God has said. But you know, we can look at examples in the Bible uh, of when, when someone did not perhaps obey uh, everything that God said to, to obey. And we can see the outcome. We can look at Lot's wife. We can look at what happened to her when, uh, when she disobeyed and we can notice that, that she did not just uh, uh, get a pass. She did not just uh, get by. Genesis chapter 19, there in verse 26, the Bible says, but his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. This was when they was fleeing from Sodom and Gomorrah and the Lord was uh, raining brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And she looked back and became a, a pillar of salt. But not only that, we can look at another example. We can keep going over to the book of Leviticus in chapter 10. Leviticus chapter 10. And we can notice Nadab and Abihu that, that they didn't uh, get a pass as well. They didn't have this... Uh, free pass of, of if I disobey or if I don't do everything that God tells me to do. Verse 1 says, And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer and put fire therein and put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. And there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. We can keep going on and look at uh, another example. When you look at Uzzah, we can see that Uzzah was not the exception to the rules when he tried to, uh, to keep the ark from falling. We see he was, no one was supposed to, to touch the ark and he lost his life when he did, 2 Samuel chapter 6. And so the point is this, God is not going to make an exception like Satan wants us to believe. Satan wants us to think that we'll be the exception to the rules. Satan wants us to think that, that when God said to not do this, and if you do, there will be a punishment. He doesn't want us to believe that. Only the ones who obey the gospel, 
Friends, only the ones who remain faithful to God, those are the ones who will be in heaven. We must abide in God's Word and never give in to the lies of the devil. So number one, he wants us to believe that God's Word's not true. Number two, he wants us to have this attitude of God will let me get by. I'll be the exception to the rules. But you know, another lie that, that he tells us, number three is that church attendance, he wants us to believe that it's not important. You know, the devil has people believing that, that going to worship only every once in a while, maybe on a holiday, maybe on a special occasion, uh, maybe just whenever you want to go, he wants us to believe that, that that's going to be enough. And we all know the excuses that, that people give. Well, well, Sunday's the only day that I have to rest. I, I've had a hard week. I've worked all week. And, and Sunday's the only day that I have off. Some people say, well, well, Bible class on Sunday morning and, and Bible study on Wednesday night, uh, it's not that important. And, and, you know, no one's really going to notice if I'm there or not. You know, the devil knows. The devil knows if he can keep people away from worship services. He knows if he can uh, keep people away from Bible class because he has them right exactly where he wants them to be. I came across this comment and I thought it was so true. It says, the more uninvolved we become with the church, the more involved we become with the world. And I think that's so very true. And I want to say this tonight. If we fall for this lie, if, if we give in to this lie that, that church attendance is not important, we're going to be going against uh, what Scripture teaches we all know what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 there in verse 24. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And so if we give in to this lie, then we're going to be going against Scripture. We're going to be forsaking the assembly. We're not going to be pleasing to God. Matthew 6.33 says, To seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And if we give in to this lie, then we're not going to be seeking God first. Let's go back to Matthew uh, chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24, Jesus said there, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And so we see that we are to take up our cross, we're to follow God. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 38, the Bible says this, And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me, is not worthy of me. We can keep on going and, and notice if we believe uh, in this lie that church attendance is, is not important, we're still going to be violating Scripture because 
uh, we're supposed to do certain things upon the first day of the week in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 there in verse 2 we see that we are to give uh, upon the first day of the week let every one of you lay by him store as God hath prospered uh, him that there be no gatherings when I come we go back to uh, Acts chapter 20 there in verse 7 we see that that we are to partake of the Lord's Supper and upon the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them ready to depart on the morrow and continued his speech until midnight. The point is this. Friends, we can't do all of these things. We can't give upon the first day of the week. We can't uh, partake of the Lord's Supper if we believe that church attendance is not important and if we neglect to come and worship God and fellowship with the assembly. Satan wants us to believe that church attendance is not important and may we never give in to that. Number four, lie number four that Satan wants us all to believe is that it's too hard to follow God's word. That, that the Bible, it's too hard to follow. He wants us to think, he wants everyone to think and believe that they can't follow God and, and if they do, then they're never gonna have any fun in life. Uh, he wants them to believe that if you follow the Bible, you're never going to have uh, any enjoyment in life. He convinces people that that the Christian life is a life that's filled with so many rules. He tries to get them to believe that it's a life filled with so many commands and not a life that's filled with joy, not a life that is filled with peace. But you know, we know it in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 that the devil, he walks about like a roaring lion and, and he's seeking to devour us. He wants to destroy our souls and he works so hard to deceive us. And you know, as Christians, we need to always be on guard. We need to always be aware that the devil, he's, he's waiting and he's wanting to find us at a point where we're weak. And when he finds us at a point where we are weak, he is going to attack us with his lies and do everything that he can to make us fall. Now, there's going to be times for all of us that, that living the Christian life, it's it's going to be challenging. But I can tell you tonight that, that no matter how challenging this life may be, it's always the best thing to live the Christian life. Uh, no matter how, how many storms of life come, no matter how, how discouraged you and I may be, the Christian life, living for God, is always the best life to live Matthew 16 and verse 26, the Bible says, For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You know, the Bible tells us in, in several different places that the ones who serve God, the, the ones who, who live their life according to God's word and, and uh, wants to bring glory and honor to his name, the ones who live for God, they're happy. The ones who serve God, we ought to be happy people. When you go to Psalm 144, there in verse 15, the Bible says, happy is that people that is in such a case. Yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. 
In Proverbs chapter 16, in verse 20, the Bible says, He that handleth a matter wisely shall find good, and whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. In Proverbs chapter 28, in verse 14, the Bible says, Happy is the man that feareth always, but he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief. Friends, if we will live our lives, if we will follow our, uh, if we guide our lives by the word of God and follow his word, then, then we can see that living for God, living the Christian life, it's, it's not too hard. Obeying God is, it is not too hard. But that's what Satan wants us to believe and may we never give in to that. Number five, another lie that Satan wants us all to believe is that there is more than, than one way to get to heaven. That there's more than just one way to, to get to heaven. Satan is telling a lot of people, he's telling them to join the church of your choice because uh, all churches are the same. He said we're all going to the same place, but we're just taking different directions. But when we go to the Bible, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we're also very familiar with what Paul wrote there. He said, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, Am I of Paul, and I of Apollos? And am I of Cephas, and I of Christ? Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you, named, were you baptized into the name of Paul? You see, Paul is simply telling us here that, that there should be no divisions among us at all. He's telling us that we should never uh, call ourselves by the name of, of any man. You see, friends, we need to realize tonight that Jesus, He purchased the church with His very own blood when He died on that cross for you and I. And His name is the name that we wear when we obey the gospel. We don't wear the name of any man. Jesus plainly tells us that there, there's only one way uh, to get to heaven, we can go back to uh, what we was talking about earlier in Matthew chapter 7. He says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way which leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. So we see there's only two roads that a person can take. There's the broad road which leads to destruction or the narrow one that leads to eternal life. Friends, there's only one way that, that goes to heaven. And that one way is, is only by and through Jesus. John chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus says, I am uh, the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. 
Something else that, that Satan tells us is this, another lie. He tells some people that, that judgment day is, is never going to come. That judgment day uh, will never come. He, he tells some folks that, that Jesus is not coming, that he hasn't come yet, if he, and if he doesn't come, then there's never going to be a day of judgment. You know, I remember a few years ago, we were studying the book of 2 Peter uh, for Bible Bowl. And we looked there when uh, he talked about scoffers in chapter 3, there in verses about 3 and 4, where they was asking, uh, where is his coming? And you know, Peter reminds them there, he says that Jesus, uh, he's going to come as a thief in the night. We're not going to know. And so when we go to the book of James, we can notice where James, he tells us to, to look at the farmer. And notice how the farmer waits uh, patiently for his crop. And uh, he pretty much tells us that we should also be patient uh, until the coming of, uh, of our Lord, until Jesus comes back. James chapter 5, there in verse 7, it says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receives the early and the latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord. It draweth nigh. We're all familiar with 2 Corinthians chapter 5 there in verse 10. Where the Bible tells us that all of us, for we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. And so scripture tells us that all of us, every single soul, we're going to appear before the very judgment seat. He tells people that judgment day will, will never come. But not only that, another lie that he tells us is this. He tells people that, that there's plenty of time to obey God. If he can't convince somebody that, that judgment day is not going to come, he'll try to convince them that, that they have plenty of time to obey God and to come to Him. I read one illustration, and I want to share it with you because I thought it was uh, pretty powerful. This illustration is over uh, the devil. He had a meeting uh, in hell on how to deceive people, and, and this is how it went. One demon said this. He said, let's tell the people that the Bible is not true. And the devil replied, well, that will work, but only up to a point. A second demon came and said, well, let's tell them that Jesus is not Lord. The devil replied, well, that will work, but only up to a point. There was silence for a little while, but finally an older demon came in and suggested that they allow people to believe that the Bible is the Word of God. They allow people to believe that Jesus is Lord. He said this, but let's convince people that they have all the time in the world to obey Him. It says the old devil smiled and said, that will work. 
You see, friends, Satan knows just as well as you and I do that tomorrow, tomorrow's not guaranteed. And if he can convince people into thinking that, that they have all the time in the world to obey the gospel, and if they have all the time in the world to, to come to God and to give their life to Him and, and to live their lives for Him, then he's happy. You see, Satan knows. Satan knows that, that we can die at, at any given moment. He knows that we can die this very hour and he knows if we are outside of Christ because if we are, he has our soul. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2, the Bible says, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We've looked at a few lies that, that Satan, the devil, wants us all to believe. But you know, one of the biggest lies that I believe that Satan tells so many people today is that as long as you just feel that you're saved, then you are. He encourages so many people to, to just go off of their feelings. Just go off of, of their emotions. And to not focus on what the Bible says. But you know, you and I need to remember that, that He is the Father of all lies. And so I want to ask you a question tonight. This evening, are, are you believing in the lies of the devil? We all need to remember that He's sneaking around. He's waiting to pounce on us like that lion. And James tells us that if we will resist Him, then He will flee from us. And we can do that by submitting to God. He says in James 4, 7, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. One more thing before we close. In Revelation chapter 12, we find three things that we can do to defeat Satan. And these things are very important. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11, the Bible says this, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. You see, tonight, gospel obedience is where we can find the, the blood of the Lamb. Tonight, standing for God, even when we're persecuted. Tonight, loving God more than, than we have ever loved our own lives. Where are you at tonight? Have you obeyed God by, by becoming a, a New Testament Christian? By becoming His child? If you haven't, and if, will you do that tonight after hearing God's Word and, and believing it? Would you repent of your sins and uh, turn from that sinful life and confess the, the name of Jesus and to be baptized for the remission of your sins?
tonight, this evening, would, would you put the devil in his place? Live a, a faithful life to God. Never compromise his word. Never fall for his tricks. Don't leave here tonight without making sure your life and your relationship is right with God and that you are on your way to heaven. If we can help you in any way tonight, won't you come as together we stand and as we sing.